Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mutuality Matters, Gender Theology for the Gospel Empowerment of Men and Women. And guys, it's the end of season two. We're done. We're finished. And I am Erin Moniz here with my co-host, Blake Dean, and we want to talk about this season because we are so excited and hope that you have just loved it as much as we have. But before we dive in, of course, always starting with our first things, watch, read, or listen. Blake Dean, in this lovely season of Advent, what are you watching, reading, or listening to? Yeah, um, nothing related to Advent, just copious amounts of Golden Girls, um, mm. because I think we are very important. Yeah. eight, nine months into this pandemic, and they are who I started the pandemic with, and they have been my friends through the pandemic. So well, there you go. yeah, lots of Golden Girls on this end. And like to be a little classier, I've been listening to Bach. So it all, ba- <laughs> it all comes out in the wash. But what about you? Nice. Well, I, uh, we've uh, indulged one of your favorites. Um, Phyllis Tickle has a um, Divine Hours that yeah. is set just for Advent and Christmas season. Mike and I have been doing that together at night with the candle lighting and just going through Vespers together through that That's and so just fun. been enjoying it thoroughly. So if if you don't know, Blake Dean is a big fan of Phyllis yeah. Tickle. And once wanted to invite her to come be a guest speaker at an event we were having, not realizing that she is no longer with us. She is with the Lord. That she had died. Now, to be fair, she'd only recently passed. And I had just seen a YouTube video of her that popped up in my subscriptions feed. So shame on them. But it was. But we never let him forget it. Never. That he wanted to invite Phyllis Tickle. I thought, yeah, let's do it. And we'll bring Dallas Willard. (laughs) C.S. Lewis. (laughs) Oh, season two. Season two. Blake Dean. Well, okay. This started way back in the summer. Mm -hmm. And because COVID has made all of our brains turn to mush, let's let's revisit. Let's do a quick recap of what season two was. Yeah, it all started as a little pie in the sky dream. We were like, if we could get whoever we wanted on this podcast. Who could we do it? So we sat in Aaron's living room. We listed a bunch of names and almost all of them said yes and ended up coming on. We didn't yeah. really edit our list a whole lot. No. So the first episode of the season was with the lovely Kristen Padilla, who Indeed. told her story tracking her own journey from her longing to just be a pastor's wife because she knew she was called to ministry, but thought that was her only outlet to now writing a book and mentoring and helping women discern their calls to ministry. Then we had Carolyn Custis James, who talked about our favorite (sighs) theme, the blessed alliance, the (laughs) blessed alliance between men and women in the, in the task of the gospel. Then William Witt helped complicate our vision of what it means to have a quote, traditional argument. Yes. And listeners, if you, the book that we were um, pushing during that episode has just come out. You need to order yours. Icons of Christ. It is amazing. It's so amazing. good. You got to get it. Yeah. He complicated our ideas of what church history had been saying about women. Carrie Miles showed us that some of our gendered commitments are actually culturally informed, not particularly biblically informed. She used the phrase that I am so indebted to her for, which is the sexual cartel and how that mm. forms our view of one another, of marriage, and of a gospel-informed sexuality. Uh, Sandra Van Obstel talks about the intersections of gender and race and how the church can be an agent of justice and the things that it ought to repent for. 
Dr. Natalie Carnes grants theological heft the topic of motherhood, revealing not only the dignity of the, the role of mother, but also how an attentive eye to acts of mothering expand and ignite our vision for who God is and what it means to be human in the face of God. Christina Hitchcock delved into the vocation of singleness and its substantial implications for gender theology, which was followed by Nicole Foster, who embodied and disrupted these implications as she discussed um, her own experience as a single female of color in the clergy. Eugene Hung talks about sexual violence advocacy and how men um, are called to support their sisters across all fields and vocations. Dr. Westfall took us to the heart of much concern, graciously spending many hours on a Zoom call with Aaron and I, exegeting and theologizing Pauline passages, which led to the conclusion that these passages indeed are supportive of the dignity and also the equality of task for men and women in gospel work. And finally, Dr. Emily McGowan wove many themes together we had discussed all season, suggesting that this church, this body of Christ that we're a part of, is a family, but it's a different kind of family. That the waters of baptism are thicker than blood um, and can be embodied in many different forms and how that helps us think differently about one another. And then, of course, what Advent can teach us about this family that we're a part of and this God that we serve. And that's season two. Like Dean, I'm so impressed. Thank that you. was really well done. I actually forgot some bits that you reminded me of. Um, I had notes. And, yeah, fantastic. And um, just so you listeners know, when we are going to the mats about what to do with this podcast, we had so much fun season one, but we really wanted to go back to the foundations. And as you guys have seen, if you uh, follow us on social media, tackling the classics, sort of tongue in cheek, uh, classics was our aim this season. And we just really wanted to go to the places we know so many of you have gone because of ideas or scriptures or um, distortions that have been weaponized against you with gender theology. So whether that's the institution of marriage or singleness or family and gender roles related to that or identity related to those, whether that's understanding how patriarchy affects both men and women, whether that is certain passages or just even realizing that in our church history is embedded this terrible tradition of um, dehumanizing women uh, that uh, Bill Witt taught us about. And just, we were so grateful to hear from all these brilliant, brilliant um, thinkers and theologians and practitioners who contributed. But we hope, we do hope that this um, touched on something that was close to home for each of you, um, because there just been a number of ways that things have been used or misused to try to um, diminish people in the name of Christ. And we just wanted to come out guns blazing against those distortions. And our guests came with generosity and their Mm -hmm. gracious attitudes towards the novices that we are. And um, really, I offered some really lovely gifts in the form of conversations, both with us, but also with you. So Aaron, if you if you had to recommend one or two episodes, only one or two from this season, they're all fabulous. We loved everyone and every episode. <sighs> what are the one or two that you would recommend if somebody's just popping in right now? Oh my gosh, it is hard to choose uh, one or two. Um, I'm a big fan girl of Carolyn Custis James. 
always. That's never been a secret on this podcast. She is absolutely wonderful. Her books were in many ways a gateway to me for gender theology and um, discovering a lot of beautiful truths in scripture that had been um, mistaught to me. Um, so I will always, always think fondly of the time we got to spend talking with her. And she just, the Blessed Alliance is for me the keystone to all of this, this idea that the Lord created men and women to go on gospel mission together as partners in every sphere of church and society. It's just beautiful. And it and it sets us up to understand that we're not men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and we got to figure out how to way to work in the tensions. It's we are created for beautiful, blessed partnership. Um, and starting there just was a game changer yeah. for me over the years. And I hope it was for our listeners. Um, but, you know, I also really loved Christina Hitchcock. Yeah, I had just finished reading her book. And man, I have just grown more deeply convinced that our discussions of singleness and friendship and um, community are so important to revive and renew and reassess so that we can continue to be healthy in our marriages and in our family life and in all these different arenas. We just we just need to think more about these things. We need to talk more about these things. There's there's content there that is always uh, convicting me yeah. and causing me to have to reframe. So she's she's one I would pro- I'll probably go back to again. And that our conversations about singleness particularly reveal some of the anemic corners of our gender theologies. Indeed. Indeed. She helped us think about that. Nicole Foster helped us think about it. And Kristen Padilla helped us think about that in certain ways as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love answering after you because then you've already talked about some people. So I don't... <laughs> I know uh, that was a dirty trick, Blichting. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> it is no secret that I was so excited and I think was so rewarded. My excitement was not in vain for our conversation with Dr. Natalie Carnes. Mm. I think in a different way than perhaps singleness or um, other states of life or vocation that women find themselves in. Motherhood tends to be both at the same time overemphasized and underemphasized at the same time. Mm. And I think reading her book, which I commend to all of you, Motherhood, a Confession, put out by Stanford University Press, it both dignified the role of a mother, the person of mothers, and realized how we're all being mothered. But at the same time, gave it a theological heft that was so beautiful. And I learned so much um, from both the book and the conversation. So I loved our conversation with Dr. Carnes. Uh, Sandra Van Opstel, I mean, I wasn't in that conversation, but I loved listening to that conversation. She took <sighs> us to town yes. and I was grateful. I, I will never get the image of the jackhammer out of my mind, if you want to know what I'm talking about go back and listen to the episode i will i'll never get that out of my mind and just the way she helped give such both tangible but also metaphorical images to where we are in the church and where we need to repent i thought was extremely helpful i loved the Kristen our conversation with Kristen padilla i think she's so delightful um and like that's three though you got three i know well i i don't i don't i make the rules sneaky so i think those are those are probably some of my favorites that i look back and think about often but we were stacked this season we were stacked oh my gosh it's so true because even now just thinking about the ones that you mentioned like 
we we really wanted to make sure that in tackling the classics in tackling these things that we didn't just do it through white lenses like some so much of the homogeny in our churches um and in in our books and in our teachings and just the way these subjects are covered we forget that there are whole other aspects of this that are being dealt with by our friends of color and so having some friends of color on the podcast to help remind us of that to help sort of keep us keep us from getting stuck in a rut of white theology was just so i mean just so helpful and we have such a long way to go on that too like even looking at the list and how delightful it was but also having a long way of work for us to do in this space as well absolutely yeah absolutely and i think that that stays at the forefront of us here at the podcast if you could if you could say a sentence and I'll play by my own rules. If you could use a sentence to describe what, even for you, what was a, a linchpin moment? What was a turning moment? Or what, what is a piece of information or wisdom or insight that you will take with you from this season? Yes. Um, I, think, I think the moment that I will always sort of sit with is Dr. Bill Witt is incredibly smart. I mean, we really had to put on our thinking caps for our discussion with him. He, he answered just... every question we had prepared in his first answer to our <laughs> yeah, first question. He's just so smart and so articulate. But but it really takes an expert of his caliber because what we were mining is this massive treasury of church history and in the vein of this topic of of women. And that's just huge. It just takes someone who has really done the work, really done the reading. And I was so glad to have him on. But I had read before, I had seen before um, church fathers or different quotes from different um, influential Christians throughout history um, and church history, particularly different saints and and um, scholars. But about about the inferiority of women, um, but that's, this was the first time I'd ever cohesively sat and just from an expert's take learned just how long and heartbreaking that history is in the church. And, but it helps me so much understand what we deal with today. The kind of the, the flavor of patriarchy that we deal with today would never, ever ascribe to such a, a, um, a, rigid inferiority of women that church history does but so much of these attitudes and and ways of understanding things are born out of that and that's a that's a huge historical reckoning that i just don't think we're anywhere near and i don't see it much in the resources even even having read about gender theology for years now and studied multiple sources this is a place that is still not written about and not studied much but I think it holds the key. I think it holds a key to a lot of the issues we face today. And it shows us this historical precedence behind that. And the fact that we've never really repented or acknowledged that. Um, and so that, that stays with me. That, that one was, that one was a, and, and that was not one sentence at all. Not That's even fine. close it to was like not. a nice tight sentence. Uh, <laughs> Correct. More like a couple of paragraphs, but I, I appreciate your patience. So um, that one, that one sits heavy with me. What about you, Blake Dean? I'm breaking my own rules because I can. I have to. Um, (laughs) My first is one of my favorite questions that I asked received one of my favorite responses that we've received on the podcast, which is when 
um, I asked Dr. Carnes what we do with problematic texts. With texts, mm. not speaking about scripture, but speaking about um, writer, pr- church fathers, foundational voices in Christian history, such as Augustine. Right. Like St. Augustine, yeah. Like exactly. St. Augustine, who offers so much in the church, but his view of women is so hard to swallow. Yeah. That what do we do? And I thought her articulation of three different options rang with a degree of compassion and grace while at the same time a a depth of conviction that I I still think about and her definition of a reparative reading um, and what she was doing, not as the only option, but as at least a viable one, I found to be deeply compelling. And secondly, was actually from the last episode, which is with Dr. McGowan, this, the idea that um, the waters of baptism are thicker than blood is both such a heartwarming idea that I want sewed on a pillow, but also a real tonic of disruption to a lot of my own levels of comfort. And what does it mean that we belong to one another in Christ, especially in conversation about gender theology, but outside of that too. I think about that phrase a lot um, and pray and ask the Lord to convict me of places where I don't actually believe um, that we belong to each other as much as we do because we belong to Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Oh gosh. And just thinking about this and reflecting on this today, I, I just, I had so much fun. I had so much fun this season, um, getting to do the podcast with Nicole, who is just a dear friend of mine. Like I just will treasure that forever getting to meet and hear from some heroes of mine, people I've either heard speak or read their books, like Carrie Miles and Eugene, like just what a special opportunity. And listeners, we we really hope that um, that you enjoyed this. You might not have enjoyed this as much as we did. We are like topping out at the enjoyment level, but um, we hope that this helped you. Um, Blake Dean, what are you hoping that our listeners walk away with? Like what are what are a couple nuggets for you that that stick out? our listeners from this season this is not answering your question but this is truly what i hope i hope they go and listen (laughs) to more podcasts or more writings done by the people that were on our podcast i I hope that they go and explore i hope they buy dr witt's book i hope they buy dr westfall's book i hope they mine the the treasure of sandra van opstall's ministry and go explore chasing justice and i hope they move past just an hour long kind of passive experience into a learning prayerful contemplative experience reading and pondering the wisdom of others um i hope that that's what our podcast does which is push it push people who are either marginally interested or genuinely invested in conversations about maleness and femaleness in christ to listen to voices that have done more work than we could possibly imagine and are wiser, smarter, and so much cooler than either you <laughs> so, yes, or I. Yes, so much cooler than us. Way cooler. And yeah, guys, um, if this has been helping you, that's awesome. But this is the appetizer. The podcast is the appetizer. Um, the meal awaits um, on YouTube and in books and writings and articles. And if you Google any one of these people, I think you will find just amazing content and insight. Um, and we just encourage you. We want to just point you as much as we can to to their work. Um, because yeah, Blake's right. Way smarter and definitely cooler than us. And we are so grateful for you. We're so grateful you listen. We so we're so grateful you endure what seems sometimes like ceaseless rambling from Aaron and I, um, especially when we don't have a guest to keep us in line. 
Uh, so, so true. Thank you for listening. And we, um, season two is not the end. We are, we have some really cool and very exciting things coming for our next season, but we would love to hear from you. We would really, really love to. We would love um, if there's topics or people or questions that you want addressed in this next season. We are in the planning phase right now. So yes. shoot us a direct message on Instagram or Twitter or email us at mutualitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to know what you want to know and who you would like us to talk to. And check your feed, check your social medias for some really exciting news coming very shortly. And season three will be in your podcast feed early 2021. Yeah, friends, thank you so much. We cannot thank our listeners enough. You guys make this possible. We do this for you. I mean, we love it, but we are hoping that you are empowered, that this the gender theology that's on this podcast um, draws you to Christ, draws you to the gospel, that draws you to um, just the beauty of God's love for you. And and because of that, we we just thank you for being a part of this with us because um, that's, that's our aim. That's our hope. And, uh, you know, it's been a great season. We have big announcements coming up. I am Erin Monez. And I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Blake Dean, and we have so much gratitude for our amazing producer, Bailey Dingley. And this is a wrap for us, season two, but have a wonderful Advent, have a wonderful Christmas, have a wonderful new year, and stay tuned. We'll be back.